The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome, everyone. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson with Peter Land, consultant and trainer, also author of How to Build a Winning Team and Have Fun Doing It. Well, we've had um, some really great guests um, but Pete is quite unique in his background, so we'll be looking forward to uh, sharing that with you. Uh, he is a new friend to us, um, has a long career in the Air Force, uh, and many years as a consultant and trainer. We want to explore some of the lessons from his career and work with dozens of Fortune 500 companies and nonprofit organizations. Uh, we'll get into Peter's uh, insights on building winning teams, but before we do, let me tell you a little bit more about him. Uh, having been with the Air Force for 24 years, he had various assignments, including combat pilot. Uh, he was director of management consultant and commander of the Scott Air Force Base in Illinois. Upon retirement in 1982, he opened an international management consulting and training company in Montgomery, Alabama. He's consulted with for-profit as well as non-profit organizations across industries with such names as Aflac and Shell Oil, Delta Airlines, uh, United Way, and American Red Cross. Uh, Pete has published three books and has conducted workshops in a variety of leadership and management topics for more than 100,000 participants on four continents. Uh, Peter is a certified speaking professional, certified management consultant, and certified professional consultant to management. Welcome, Peter. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Well, how did you collect so many certifications? <laughs> well, uh, when we had lunch a few weeks ago, which I thoroughly enjoyed, Cheryl, uh, I sort of ran a Reader's Digest version of my background, and we are really the sum total of our background and experiences. And I think in order to set the context of what we're going to talk about, you asked me to sort of flesh out a little bit of my background. Let me share that with the audience right now. Um, my grandfather was the first city manager. His name was Charles Ashburner. He was British, trained as an engineer, and came over to the States around the early 1900s. And through a strange twist of fate, he ended up as the first city manager in the world. He invented the concept. He lived in California and Ohio and Virginia, different places. And as a child, his name was Ashburner. My middle name is Ashburner, so I could read about my grandfather in the history books and the government books. It was kind of neat to see your name in print. And uh, so as a teenager, I began to read about him, and he was a wonderful leader, great integrity. And so I started reading, almost as a side interest, about leadership and teamwork and coaching, 
when all my friends were reading about the football players, I was reading about their coaches and the captains of industry and the military generals. So I really immersed myself in the study of that sort of organizational performance in, in high school in Wilmington, North Carolina, because I had a little better handle on that stuff than my classmates on leadership. I ended up as a student body president, teenager of the year, captain of the tennis team, and we had an ROTC battalion. I was a commander of troops there in my senior year. And I actually, the reason I went to the Citadel is I had a scholarship, a leadership scholarship to the Citadel, which is a leadership laboratory. I graduated in 1958 as a company commander with a second lieutenant commission, went to pilot training, and uh, enjoyed that. After I'd been on the active duty for a while, my boss called me in one day at my assignment in Texas, and he said, uh, Pete, this function, this section is in trouble. It's not performing well. Can you try to straighten it out? Well, I learned the sort of the fundamentals of organizational behavior, and I'll share those as we go along, but I could get things fixed. So I got labeled a troubleshooter, and uh, they'd give me organizations that are in trouble, not performing well, and through some basic techniques that I've developed, they get fixed. Went to Germany, ran the uh, wing training program there while flying aerovac missions. Went to the University of Southern Cal, Masters in Management, and uh, did the homework, and I made a 4.0, number one in the class. Went to Scott Air Force Base, Illinois, to manage the acquisition of the C-9 Aeromed airplane, and the objective was, again, the mission and what are the resources and so forth. Uh, Delivered that airplane to the Air Force ahead of schedule and below budget, which is not done very often. Armed Forces Staff College, then to Vietnam to fly combat missions over the Ho Chi Minh Trail in Laos, and I was sent to a unit that was in trouble. They had lost more airplanes to accidents and shoot-downs, and the, the measures of merit over there were flying combat missions. And the longest number that unit had ever flown in a row was 27. It's a funny thing about that organization. I sometimes introduce this subject and say, how would you like to be in an organization where you had 100% turnover, which means nobody had been there more than a year, And if you didn't do your job, you got a good chance of getting killed. (laughs) That was a combat mission. I found that they were not a team. They did not function as a team with a mission. They were all looking for the day to go home. And so we did basically organization development, team building, and began to function as a team. And uh, the record of 27, by the time they had flown the missions, we flew 2,124 in a row. And uh, then I went back to the Citadel as a TAC officer, which is a cadet advisor, leadership coach, uh, finished that tour, went to the War College, distinguished graduate, and the Air Force Chief of Staff, General David Jones, decided he wanted to put together a consulting operation for the Air Force. Never been done before, and I was asked to bring that together, and that's where I met Ken Blanchard. We hired him to teach us how to do it. Great friend. He just endorsed all my books. But uh, finished that assignment, went to Scott Air Force Base, commander, like being a mayor, And what I've found is that the concepts and principles of good organization performance work in the military, they work in nonprofit, they work in the PTA, in the Cub Scouts, and even Little League football. So my years in the military prepared me to be a civilian consultant. Retired in 1982, started a consulting business, and all I basically did was took off the blue suit, military, and put on a business suit because the principles of effective organization behavior work everywhere. That's Peter, how I, I got into the business. That's a long answer to a short question, but that's the track that I've come. That is exactly uh, how I feel. I 
learned so much in the Marine Corps about leadership and about building teams, and I have nothing but the, the highest kudos uh, for you and all of the wonderful and brave, uh, uh, not just pilots, but uh, excellent people in our military today. Uh, well, do you share some of that yourself, Ken, being oh, yeah. in the military well, Marine Well, it's true, but uh, if you would, Pete, uh, you read Job Search Toll System, and I appreciate very much uh, your comments about it, but you might have noticed that the forward to our book is from a two-star major general, Bob Bunker, a great yes. friend of ours, and he also, in his comments and in our personal conversation, talks so much about the importance of leadership and building teams in the military. If you would, share for some of our listeners uh, how they today I'm talking about our listening audience, people listening in, who perhaps are even thinking about and considering a career in the military. If you were just some thoughts for our listeners about perhaps the military as a career. I would strongly encourage you to do so. Pick the service that is your preference, but do it for the right reasons. Uh, You're there to serve your country. That's the bottom line purpose of being there. There are certain benefits that flow. Of course, you get shaped physically, you understand leadership, teamwork, but the whole idea is to try to give back to our great country, and I've been to 50 countries, I've seen a lot of this world, to give back, to make it more secure today than it was yesterday through your skills in the military. So I would go, but develop a passion for the mission, serve your country, and do it through whatever service that you choose, and you'll have a good career. Well, Pete, you have just an extraordinary uh, career, really multiple careers when you look at it. Uh, you, you've tended to emphasize the similarities. Yeah. Um, but when you did make that transition from the military, what were the challenges uh, that, you, that you experienced uh, in going Great into question. a civilian uh, career? In the military, the focus is the mission. It's readiness. It's combat or whatever. The investments tend to be fairly long-term. You don't form a great organization overnight, training, learn the skills. But the payout is more long-term. One of the neat parts about the military, oftentimes you do your job when you don't fight. And so the idea of deterrence and readiness being available to deliver whatever's needed. And you might have a tremendous career in the military and never fire a shot, and that's a great career. Now, when I came to civilian life, I would ask presidents of companies, what is your purpose? They say to make a profit. And I would guide them through astute counseling and say, no, your mission is survival. You want your company to sustain, to be here for the next generation. You want it to be considered so valuable in the marketplace that the business cycles don't affect you. In other words, they the top organization not affected by a recession as much as those on the margins. So I would say profit is part of that, of course. But here's my problem that I noticed. They tend to be put in a short cycle consequence system. In other words, they've got to prove by the end of the month or certainly no later than the end of the quarter, show their board of directors that they're using the assets wisely and the measure of merit is profit and return on investment. That mindset tends to get in the way of the developmental process, the long-term, I call driving timbers deep into the organization. That's not done overnight. So in my coaching with executives, I try to get them to focus further down the road. I tell them many times, I said, you know, you develop your people because when you retire, 
and play golf or fish, the people you leave behind are going to have a more difficult job managing their organization that you left them than you did. Things get harder, not easier. And if they are well prepared, they'll be sending you a retirement check until you die. But if they're not well prepared, if you've done driven profits and minimized development, sometimes those organizations don't sustain. So one of my biggest problems and challenges as an executive coach is to move them away from the short-term solutions, short-term uh, observations, to the more longer-term issues. That well, I sense. think you're exactly uh, on target. I think regardless of uh, what your role is and what career and uh, whether it's for-profit or not-for-profit, to have that long horizon mm-hmm. is so important to success, not only as you uh, arrive at that future, but also in the present. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to be talking more about some of the strategies uh, as we get further into the program we have just a moment here, or just about a minute, uh, Pete, so just quick answer, uh, if you would, um, with that transition, uh, so many folks that are coming out of the military now into the civilian life, as they do that, uh, how can the total system help them? Oh, immeasurably. It really can. Uh, when you come out of the military, you bring part of that culture with you. Some people in civilian life don't find that attractive. They... they you know, do it because I said so, this kind of idea. You have to be much more uh, skillful, I think, in interpersonal skills, asking instead of telling, coaching. And sometimes the military has a sense of urgency about it. They say do it now, and they will. So when you transition, bring the technical skills. Don't spend the time in the military and uh, the civilian job talking about your military experience. Not really impressive. But certainly the technology skills are there. And just remember, it's a slightly different culture. Okay, excellent. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to explore more of Pete's strategies for team building and success in your career. So be sure to stay tuned, uh, and we'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success, better job, better pay, better life. Oh, hi, Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. (laughs) Hey, Julie. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. Oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. 
Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. He said your breath smelled like garbage, and he almost puked. He says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zit. If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it. Don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Best. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson with Peter Land, consultant and author of How to Build a Winning Team. Pete, uh, we talked in the first segment about your incredible career transitions, and we see a lot of people now are losing their jobs uh, really at all levels and in industries. Perhaps healthcare is one of the few that are unscathed. Yeah. But as a consultant and trainer, um, what is the best advice for someone uh, that finds themselves in that circumstance? Um, I think I've heard uh, before I met you that when you're looking for a job, you're the CEO of a company, and your mission is to find a job that's suitable for your needs and your future. But I have looked through this uh, book, and uh, even you tell them what to say, what words to use in their interviews, what words to put in their resumes, and how to negotiate a fee and all those sorts of things. I would say, and I'm not here to sell your books, but I'm here to be honest, but uh, fortunately I never went through that personally because I you know, retired and started a business. So, But I've seen many, many people out there. Uh, I would say just a couple of things off the top of my head, uh, even for older people that decide to enter the workforce, get yourself physically fit, get in shape. That's part of the, the image thing. You know, I say you're communicating a long time before you open your mouth. When you get in for your interview, uh, you know, things like how to dress and stuff like that is, is so important. So it's a total package, a total communication on your value to the company. Hey, one of the things that uh, you perhaps notice as well is the uh, total commitment contract, mm-hmm. and that really came from the Marine Corps. I oh, really? spent a lot of time thinking back through a lot of what I was taught, a lot of what I learned, and basically that entire page is from the military. Mm-hmm. Dedication, commitment, uh, working harder, smarter, longer, all the things yeah. we learned and we taught, and 
And we find that to be so critical with our clients mm-hmm. relative to grounding them in the fundamentals. Yeah. And that's exactly what our system is all about. And that, again, ties back into everything you have in How to Build a Winning Team and your other books. Yeah. Somebody mentioned one time that it's just blocking and tackling. Do it perfect every time. <laughs> that's that's somebody. It's all about fundamental perfectly. Well, there's no question about that. And, and Pia, I know that you've become involved in the university scene, and certainly yes. um, graduates uh, are having a tougher time in the in the job market. Share with our listeners uh, what you're currently doing and, and uh, how you get involved with the university scene. Uh, last week, I spoke to 500 juniors and seniors at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa on communication skills. And I was impressed with their questions, their insights. They're, there's a big difference in a freshman and a senior. It really is. They mature a lot in that four-year period. But a couple of things I would, would suggest that they do. First, take some aptitude tests when they leave the business the university setting. See what their interests are. Get their arms around the job search and total system. That's the graduate-level work. If possible, try to get a graduate degree. That's even a more maturing process in their field of interest. And then, and I don't say this with tongue-in-cheek, find your passion. Find what you love to do, and then get better every day. That's the secret. People get a degree, they think they're finished. No, you haven't even started yet. But uh, plan to work 14 to 16 hours a day. That's normal for people who are successful. And another thing with the young people is don't expect too much recognition and praise. You have been raised on an environment. I had a lady tell me one time, says, when I ran a race in high school, when I came in number 35, I still got a ribbon or a trophy. It's not the way it is in the business world. They, they expect you to perform. And so prepare yourself with the background, education, use the job search process, and then blow their socks off every day. Hey, Charlie, and I met... Uh, teaching college in New Jersey. Oh, really? Uh, quite a while ago, 1971. Uh, people are sitting oh, you're not giving our age away, Ken. That wasn't a good thing. <laughs> hey, people are sitting there saying, holy mackerel, these people are still alive. It's a miracle. <laughs> anyway, we taught college and found out very quickly that the academic environment wasn't exactly where we wanted to be. So we run into business, build our own business. But coming back to the book, it's very, very similar to what you teach in yes, it terms is. of leadership and communication and and just working harder, smarter, longer. And our approach, of course, is achieving better job, better pay, better life. Yes. And if you yes. follow the fundamentals and you do everything that we suggest in the book, basically we're saying you have our commitment. Yes. We'll have better job, better pay, better life. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I totally agree. I have no qualms of that at all. That's a mouthful. And had I not met and read this book, I heard if I'd have heard that on the street corner, I'd say, yeah. But if I've read it and studied it, and I'm fairly picky about that sort of stuff, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if you just followed the procedures and the, and the guidance in this book, you'll do all right, really. Well, but it's a job. many it's people a feel that, that if they get on a wrong career track, that, that they can't change. What would be your advice for someone who finds himself in that situation, or perhaps if they they're in an industry that's going yeah. down with uh, with the recession or with the changes in uh, demand, uh, and they have to make a career change? What do you think about that? Well, my prayers go with them, to be honest. And if the horse you're riding really runs out, you've got to change horses. My advice would be 
try to change within the broader career field if you can. If the particular track you're on is running out, then try to change into the general field of your work. If you can't do that, go back and refresh in your education. Go back to school. I don't care how old you are. And you might say pull up your socks on your academics, get some certification, some training. And then, I keep saying this, but don't get into a job that you don't love to do. Uh, in my book, it says build a winning team and have fun doing it. If I ever get to be king of America, the first decree is going to be work's got to be fun. And I tell people, when you love what you do, it's not work. You find passion, you find fulfillment, joy when you do something you really like to do. And so uh, that would be my, my recommendation. If you have to change careers, go with your at least second best passion if your first one's run out. But don't forget, don't just get a job. Try to get something that you really love to do. And, Pete, what's so interesting about that is you know, people often ask me, you know, are you going to retire? And I said, retire to what? <laughs> I mean, how could I possibly have more fun in the world and yeah. and help more people, which is what we're put on this earth to do? Absolutely. That is exactly what I know you are so committed to and we are so committed to. One of the frustrations we have is listening to all that's going on around us, uh, negativity in newspapers and TV and all the rest okay. of it. And for so many people, it's it's hard to be positive and hard to stay up and that's why we, again, point to your books, our books, and any books that focus on direction and working harder, smarter, longer, and commit yourself to be the very best you can be. Yeah, totally agree. No problem at all. <laughs> well, I think, too, Pete, you mentioned earlier the importance of assessment. Some people are not quite sure uh, when they're finding themselves in that uh, career change mm-hmm. need uh, just where that passion would direct them. And so we emphasize uh, actually going through a career assessment, which yep. we have available for folks uh, on um, better, uh, betterjobbetterlife.com. They sure. can go there to see those. Uh, but also to think about what their skills and their competencies are. And as you say, if you need to build those up, um, you know, what better time to get an extra degree or yep. get an extra certification. Mm-hmm. So we're in total agreement on that. I'd like to shift gears a little bit here and get sure. into the team building concepts that you present uh, in your book, uh, Pete. And I really enjoyed uh, reading through that. Thank you. you. You mentioned that there are two types of teams. Can you define those for us? Yes. Um, the first one is called a co-acting team, co-acting team. And this is where the team works. The members work independently. Success of one, not related to efforts of others. In the business world, it's usually the sales force, and salespeople have to have a lot of confidence and really ego to deal with rejection, and so you have salespeople in a territory, and the standard motivational strategy is competition among the salespeople for the award of the trip. Now, if Cheryl is in sales and I'm in sales, and Cheryl makes a big sale and develops a strategy and makes a big close and moves up on the sales contest, you're probably not going to call Oh, Pete here and tell him how to do it because you want to win. So there's a competitive tension among people in the organization who are really competing. The only other kind of team in the world, and this is the good news, is called an interacting team, and that's when that members work interdependently. Success of one related to the efforts of all. Now, if we have a sales manager, Cheryl, that is smarter than both of us, and instead of making us compete, 
he creates a consequent system of collaboration and uh, cooperation. You make money when you sell, and you make money when I sell, and I make money when you sell, and I make money when I sell. We'll be calling each other daily, giving tips and leads and techniques, and don't do that. I made a mistake here. And we will actually sell more in a collaborative spirit than we'd ever sell competing with each other because we're going to traffic on the other person's experience. And when we do that, believe it or not, I don't mean to sound dramatic, but there's almost a sense of love and caring that develops among people on that team because they out to help the other people win. And that's the two types of team in captivity. And my business is trying to build a second level. We well, have no uh, trouble Pete, getting When we get back, we're going to learn more than that. But with that gem of a, a, a lesson, we hardly need to go on. That, that's <laughs> worth the, the cost of listening right there. Yeah. But we are going to come back with more insights from Pete on how to build your winning team and have fun doing it. So don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition. And through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com, thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success better job better pay better life an ordinary sunny day an ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids and they were doing nothing they were couch slouching they were rug imitating and lazy minute after lazy minute was passing them by when suddenly huh Hey guys, that's a personal foul. Inactive activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Players don't get lazy penalties. Let's play. Those kids, they listened to Reggie. They got up and play they did. There was fun and running. There were smiles and jumping. And laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Kids, listen to Reggie and avoid lazy penalties. Be a player. Get up and play for an hour a day. Go online to check out smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Be a player. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host. 
as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please call toll free at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to TCS on air at TCSWorldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Uh, we're with Peter Land. Uh, Team developer extraordinaire and author of How to Build a Winning Team. And Pete, you just had a brilliant uh, sh- uh, sharing with us about the interacting team and collaboration concept. How does uh, personal communication patterns help to create and sustain that kind of culture of, of teamwork? There is uh, there are two types of communication systems. One is called a pull system, P-U-L-L. It means information flows upon demand. I need information. I ask you, tell me. Usually, the person asking needs information to make decisions or whatever. The person providing information, they have to do the preparation, the research, and whatever. I say that in a pull system, one person gets the help, information. The other one gets the hassle. They get to work. The opposite of that is called a push system, P-U-S-H, and it means information flows without demand. Somebody tells you something, sends you an email, drops you a note, and you didn't ask for it. And the motivation to that is to help that person win or whatever. Let's say uh, Ken is uh, traveling and he sees an article on management development, which is what I do for a living. He might clip it out and send it to me and say, Pete, I saw this article. I'm going to feel really good about him in doing that because he cares about my success. And I will be more sensitive at that point on what he's worried about, placement, career development. So... Push information, I call, builds positive relationships, which is the foundation for teamwork and collaboration. So I try to build that culture of push information, let people know things to help them succeed, and it seems to improve the whole teamwork environment in a company. One of the things that we do in um, our business is to help our clients with uh, setting goals, yes. becoming excellent, um, obviously, in the book, we talk about the 10 chapters and an A-plus resume and A-plus interviewing and all the rest of it. But in organizations, what is so critical for our listeners is that they truly have the ability to be the best they can be. And one of the things that I always point to is the importance of having not just personal goals, but tying it into your performance appraisal, your potential appraisal, and sure. hopefully working through the organization relative to manpower planning and succession planning. That is so essential relative to looking at where you are, where you're going, and how you're going to get there. And it's so critical to promotional opportunities and moving up the organization. Absolutely. Would you like to speak to that, please? Uh, I couldn't do it any better than you did. (laughs) Uh, I totally agree. Uh, In setting goals, I like to think of the mission of the organization is the sign out front. This is what we do. The post holding up the sign are the goals. Now, we can coalesce and get together and hold that post up by accomplishing those specific goals. When the goals are accomplished, the mission gets done. The company stays in business. 
Now, personal goals should be in collaboration with the organizational goals. I like to say that if a person sees their goals that they achieve personally in congruence with the organizational strategies, the organization will help them achieve those goals and they will help the organization achieve the mission. So it's the combination of those two. I'm put off by people who have one goal, which has really got nothing to do with the company in terms of their personal development. Uh, My daughter, bless her heart, was uh, invited to have lunch with the CEO years ago, and he asked her, what is your goal purpose? And she said, my goal is to help the company succeed in wherever possible. (laughs) And that was a true statement. And so let's not confuse personal goals. I mean, sure, you want to have a family and all that, but the personal goals should be to support the objectives of the organization through your department or whatever. If you do that and pursue those, people tend to help you do that. And so many times uh, people are not really sure that it is meaningful to the organization. And my retort to that is organizations truly look for two reasons to bring people in. One is to make them money and the other is to save them money. Yeah. And when you can, yeah. we say in our book, talk about specific ways you've made money for the company and saved money for the company, and actually record those yes, through absolutely. performance goals. That's exactly what the organization is looking for. Yeah, yeah. Now, in order to do that, you've got to, the four switches, I call them in organization performance, in personal performance, the first switch you must close, you must have the skill and knowledge, knowledge to do your job. So knowledge comes from books and reading, Skill comes from developing skills and practicing, so you have the skill development. Next, you have to be motivated, which I have to do with the consequence systems. We work for consequences. One is a paycheck, benefits. If we don't do our job, one consequence is a reprimand or termination, so we have to motivate against the skill set. Third, you have to have the, school, the skills or the tools to do the job, you have to have the equipment, the computers, the telephones, all that. And last, you have to have feedback. So as you build employees... To achieve the goals of the organization, every manager should ensure that the people that work for them are highly trained, highly motivated with consequences that they value, have the tools and resources and equipment, and then tell me love them every day in a daily feedback system. I know uh, performance appraisal is a feedback system, but it's not enough. And Blanchard wrote, feedback is the breakfast of champions, so you give it to them on a regular daily basis. Positive when they're doing it well, corrective, which is another skill set, when they're not. So that's basically how you get people to achieve goals. Well, you make it sound so simple, Pete, and we, we all know that it can be a little more complex. But I, I want to pick up on a point you mentioned earlier, and that is uh, how important building positive relationships are. That's something that we talk a lot about yes. in the total system. And those who are in a transition, uh, you know, networking is, oh, yeah. is really the lifeblood of finding that next position. And so the relationship building is so critical. But share with us why it's also important to have those team um, uh, skills, being able to work with others, and also even being able to contribute to the building of a team. Mm -hmm. Um, In my consulting, I find sometimes I call it sub-optimization, which means this department is worried about this department. And if it doesn't affect this department, they don't worry about the next department. So we call it stovepiping or turf issues. And if there's a problem, the objective is throw it over the fence to some other department. That's not a collaborative spirit. Uh, There was a book written years ago called The Alignment of uh, the Power of Alignment. And if 
I'm a team player in an organization, then I'm working for my department, but ensuring that my department interfaces deals well with the other department, the people in accounting, the people in shipping. And so when they see me walking down the hall and they're in another department, they say in their mind, there's that guy, Pete Land, he helps us win. They will return that to us. So the whole organization is built on relationships of trust and respect and not just word lip service but actually doing things and being sensitive. That is the climate of relationships. Now, when they leave the organization, you leave the organization, you meet them in different environments, they're still your friends. They're still part of your network. And if you need a job, you need a referral, you need some contacts, that chemistry that was developed through a collaborative relationship on the job will serve you well in your job search. Pete, if you don't mind, let me go back to the military for just a minute. Sure. Many of our listeners are really kind of not really sure what they want to do. They see jobs being lost in industry. They're thinking more and more about the military. And, and one of the incentives today that certainly I didn't experience when I was in, I remember making $90 a month then. <laughs> I mean, which unbelievable. But what generation was that, Ken? <laughs> that was in 1847. Um, but, Pete, the, um, one of the key incentives today, which I couldn't even believe when I had this young man tell me what he was making, yeah. and not only that, what he was told he would be making to go to school. Could you share some of those incentives today in the military, which many of our listeners aren't even aware of? Well, uh, I've been out a while, so I'm not the resident expert on current information, but I got a master's degree at the University of Southern Cal in management through what was called Operation Bootstrap. I didn't even have to buy my books. I was on full salary. I had, you know, my normal expenses of food and so forth, but they let me go, and then there was an assumption that I would stay in the military and not, you know, flee immediately when they're getting the degree. So there's some payback commitment, but education opportunities for travel, and I just call it growing up, getting exactly. mature, is exactly. a tremendous thing. And I think now when people have resumes to look at and somebody's bringing a successful military career, that speaks volumes to them about a person's dedication to a mission, the ability to work hard, selflessness, loyalty. I think those are tremendous intangibles. But, hey, one, and, again, we could talk about this for forever, but, just the, you mentioned growing up, just the, the discipline, the excitement, the leadership, the, all the things that our youth today desperately, desperately yeah. need that they don't really get. They don't get it at home. They don't get it in schools. Right. And it's just so critical for them to have Sadly. it in their life at an early age. Sadly, you're right. You're right. So I would say please go in the military. I think it would be good for you emotionally, professionally. I think it's a good thing to do as a citizen of this country. Absolutely. And our country desperately needs excellent, yeah. excellent people, and they have so many, and yeah. we're so proud of them. And yeah. for all our military out there, you know. It warms my heart when we walk on an airliner and people applaud. You know, you see the military guys and uh, giving them their seat in first class and all that. It just warms my heart. And I just, you know, I love to see them and buy them breakfast and lunch. And I mean, we all do everything we can to reward them. So yes. well, they deserve it. Yes, Ken, and thank you, uh, Pete, for those comments. Well, we, we return for break. We're going to explore more about teams and leaders, so stay tuned for insights for advancing your career. News. News. Opinion. Can you hear me? 
your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition. And through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com, thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success, better job, better pay, better life. And now a weather update. Winds out of the south-southeast at nine miles an hour. Citizens of America, this is a message from feedthepig.org. Do not be alarmed. We are here to help you save yourself. According to public records, Americans spent more money than they earned in 2005. This is the first negative savings rate in the U.S. since the Great Depression. America, we must change our behavior. We need to stop spending every dime we earn and start feeding the pig. We must start putting away a piece of our paycheck. On the 1st and the 15th, we must pay ourselves before we pay anyone or anything. We must make a budget. And yes, even consider cutting up a credit card. And we must tell a friend to do the same. America, to start moving in the right direction, we must start a movement. Join us at feedthepig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Log on to feedthepig.org today. And for more traffic updates, brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Do you know what the most complex piece of your business capital investment is? Is it the technology? Is it the infrastructure? Could it be the office and corporate structure? The most complex piece of your business capital investment is the human being. Return on Human Capital is a unique program that discusses some of the most important issues facing leaders in business. Join your hosts, Howard Pines and Jay Santamaria, for Return on Human Capital, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. We're with Peter Land, uh, consultant and author of How to Build a Winning Team. And, Pete, we would be remiss if, if we didn't give you a chance to say what you mean by having fun doing it? <laughs> uh, good question. Um, when the team transitions from a co-acting, sort of working against each other, the stress on the job, they really don't like each other, you find very little social contact, 
off the job. They find their joy and pleasure off the job, They in church or Little League or whatever. And when the organization evolves into a interacting organization, things like team values and team elements come to life, and they have a great day at work. They come to tend to come early and stay late. I say when teams are not having fun, they're clock-eyed. They're, the parking lot's an unsafe place to be at 4 o'clock. But when they're working as a team in an interactive way, it is a kick in the pants every day. Just coming to work, they kid around, they argue and have discussions, then they go to lunch together, and they make sure that everybody wins when the sun goes down. It's a really great, fun experience. Well, I agree with you there, Pete. And, you know, one of the challenges of, of team leaders is how to be both a leader and a member of the team and balancing those responsibilities. What is your recommendation that Okay, regard? that's a key question. To be a leader, you have the responsibility for the team. Leadership as a concept exists in the minds of the followers. If the team see you as the leader, they'll respond to you by following and being a leader. When the team is really working, the, the role of supervisor leader shifts to coach leader, and coaches let people be involved in decisions that affect them. They ask instead of tell. They help the people get better skills, better resources, and they will see the team leader as a coach, and that's where they will include the team leader slash coach in their concept of the team. Sometimes the supervisor is, quote, the leader on paper, but if you were to ask the people to list the team members, they wouldn't be on it. They'll say, well, here's the team and here's the supervisor. But when the person assumes a coaching role, and that's a different set of skills, they're the first one on the list in the minds of the team members as a team member. Pete, I'm looking at your book on how to delegate effectively without losing control. We spent a lot of time on yeah. building teams. Uh, if you would, share with us the perhaps an overview of that book and okay. key lessons. Yeah, um, delegation is a very sophisticated survival skill for executives. And remember I talked about the four reasons for non-performance, lack of skill, lack of motivation, lack of resource and feedback. I've designed a system to delegate closing those four switches every time. The delegation interview involves determining the skills, checking the resources, checking the motivation, and developing a control system. So uh, I've taught over 10,000 people on four continents how to do it. I think I understand it. And uh, it's got an actual checklist and a guide how to do it. It talks all the benefits and so forth. And it's endorsed by Ken Blanchard, which uh, is a nice endorsement for any book. Absolutely. But a pretty, pretty powerful book. Uh, really well, and, had a lot of result with this. And, Pete, delegation, as we know, is so critical in that it involves your team, it brings people into the process, and it it's so critical that leaders don't necessarily be out front and do all the talking. A lot of exactly. times you are an outstanding leader just by listening. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Listening is the most affirming thing that you uh, can do to a person is to listen. Uh, there's an old saying, when you listen, you're affirming or stroking the other person and you're learning. That's a win-win. <laughs> but uh, the delegation process is a critical survival skill for senior management because when you get up higher in the organization, you cannot do it all. And the biggest barrier that we have is I can do it better myself, and that is a road to nowhere for senior executives. They have to learn to delegate and get their people to do it better than they did. That's the goal. But, you know, that creates such a problem today, again, going back to the issue you mentioned earlier, and that's short-term goals, and I've got to get my targets. And yeah. it's so difficult 
yeah. in many cases for a CEO to sit back and actually let his team come to the fore when he has so much pressure on him to yeah. produce, and yet it's absolutely critical. Yeah, that's a good observation. Uh, if the department has been under the influence of this leader and they're hitting every measure of merit, the numbers are right, the organization is stabilized, no turnover, no grievances, management at senior level will say, wait a minute, I think we're getting a lot more from this organizational leader as his skills to coach and delegate and not put quite so much short-term pressure on him. In other words, you know, if you had somebody who was doing a fabulous job, I think they would give him a lot more slack than saying, have it in by Thursday or you're fired, you know. So they, they develop a value equation on what they contribute that is much deeper than sometimes the short-term immediate responses to things. Pete, uh, we've covered such great ground here, and your book has so many practical tools uh, for people who want to learn to be more effective at the different team development skills as well as leadership skills, including delegation. I like how you identify the six um, areas for um, team skills, the communication. We talked a little bit about that, the coordination, uh, collaboration you alluded to, cooperation, change, and, Mm -hmm. and coaching you talked about as well. But there are two C's that are not in that group. One you've already talked about, uh, and that is the um, how di- uh, competition can lead to dysfunctional teams. Yes. And there's one more C that you've not mentioned, um, and that is conflict. Yes. What is your recommendation for uh, dealing more effectively with the storming phase of, of team development and then the conflict that can rise even in more mature teams? Yes. Conflict is normal. The only people that don't have conflict are dead. It's perfectly normal to have conflict. The trick is is to drive it to a positive stimulation, create enthusiasm, create resourcefulness, creativity, rather than a defeating thing where you hope the other person loses. So conflict, in my book we have a whole section on it, and uh, it's a little complicated to get into in a couple of minutes, but conflict is real. It's part of it. Just like stress is part of it, but there are strategies that you can use to drive the creative process through the use of conflict in a positive way rather than when people walk away, they really hope the other person loses. I think than, that's, uh, uh, that's a great way to sum it up. Now, yeah. before we uh, come to the close here, Pete, uh, I do want to give you an opportunity to share with our listeners where they can get a hold of some of your tools and, okay. and books. Well, the website is... PeteLand.com, P-E-T-E-L-A-N-D.com. That's not very creative, but that's the best I could do. And uh, all the materials are listed and so forth in my background. And I would love an opportunity to send these out. Prices are reasonable. But uh, that's how I can be reached, PeteLand.com. And, Pete, if I can just kind of close on a, again, congratulations to our troops. I mean, I know you feel as strongly as I do about our Wonderful and brave men and women around the world. God bless them. And uh, I pray for them every day, Ken. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, they are truly the reason why our country is as great as it is. And uh, and for all of you listening who want to join them, we salute you and uh, wish you the best. Well, thank you so much, Pete, for being on our show today. Uh, we've talked about a lot of great topics that can help people in their careers, uh, both those who are early in a career and, and even those who might be wanting to rejoin the workforce uh, with some of the financial constraints we see. 
Now, next week we're going to have an exciting guest um, whose advice applies to anyone at any career stage. So be sure to join us next week. Pete, thanks again. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks. Thank you. Yes, sir, Ken. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, right here. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.